0: Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations, so be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Well, thank you everyone out there for joining me today. I am super excited about this show. My guest is Lori A. Cash, and she is an award-winning wildlife and nature photographer and a visual storyteller Oh my gosh. So welcome to the podcast, Lori.
1: How are you doing today? I'm doing fine today, Marcia. And I thank you very much for having me on your show. My pleasure.
0: And it's always so interesting. People ask me all the time, Lori, well, how do you get your guests? And it's in a variety of ways. But I can say that the way I found you Is through your love of photography on social media and it was like oh my gosh because you were being interviewed by somebody I follow and I thought I need to know more about this woman and for those of you that are listening that want to perhaps look at her website which is phenomenal you would find her at Lori the initial a and let me spell Lori because everybody spells it differently so it's l o r i the initial a and Cash is C A S H dot com. Laurie dot com. I love your website, and I, I mean that picture of that frog that's sitting right there is like, oh my god, I want to touch it. And the pelicans. I, I mean, truly, I'm just, I'm not just making this stuff up. I really love what you do, and I thought we could just spend a few minutes having you tell us just a little bit about yourself. I think I heard a little bit of an accent, where you're from. You know, give us, give us a little bit of your background, Lori.
1: Okay. Well, um, I was born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee, and when I was 20, I um, left Memphis and joined the United States Coast Guard and was stationed up in Maine for about three years. And after I left the Coast Guard, I used the GI Bill and got my social work degree. And I worked as a social worker for the Commonwealth of Virginia in the intellectual disability um, Mm. field for a number of years. Um, And I have been um, with my spouse for 32 years now, and I am just enjoying my life as a photographer, and so that's a little bit about me, just pretty much uh, photography has been a big source um, in my life for uh, quite a few years. It
0: sounds like it. Well, as someone that lives on the West Coast, um, I have certainly visited the, the eastern seaboard. I'm very familiar with Maine. I'm very familiar with uh, Arcadia National Park. And I mean, I also love photography, as I mentioned, and I can't think of a better place to see photography and to see the beauty of nature than New England in the fall because it's certainly nothing like where I live uh, on the West Coast. Not that we don't have beauty here, but we certainly don't have the the, the fall foliage that you that you guys have and i and I think it's a really interesting background that you've had as well, being a social worker and being in in the in the coast guard so it's 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 a really interesting journey that you have been on, so it makes me curious about um how you first really got started really in the love of photography. kind of give us that that background
1: on you sure um well, as a child um I always loved to take pictures, and I was always the one um, with my little point-and-shoot camera taking pictures of family. And when I got to Maine um, in the Coast Guard, I was able to afford my first um, SLR camera, and I bought a Fintex K1000, and that kind of started my journey into photography, photographs, and the beauty of Maine. It's just such a beautiful um scenic uh, landscape type photography that I did in maine um kind of that's how I got started in photography um and and it just kind of grew from there over the years
0: mm-hmm. when you were in maine um did you also go up and down the seaboard as well taking photography
1: um, I had some, I did, on one of my days off, I did take a drive all the way up to Canada to cross over the yep. border, so I could say that I went to Canada. Um, <laughs> I did take some pictures um, on that trip, but um, mostly everything was, I was stationed in Rockland, Maine. So most okay. of everything was in that Rockland, um, Maine-type area um, that I, I right. mainly focused it is-
0: on beautiful nothing like tennessee right
1: no no um <laughs> no especially with all that snow <laughs> uh, right I'm not well, used to that that's just i'm getting used to but no the the beauty of maine is nothing like tennessee
0: yes a, but a different kind of beauty you know when i say it is know, the, the the fall foliage in You know, in in New England is so spectacular, but if you've never seen the redwoods and you've come to the West Coast to see those trees, they are very spectacular. And um, I I loved Portland mained. Um, Portland, Maine, I should say, and it's interesting because Portland, Maine is almost if you were to draw uh, take a ruler on the map, Portland, Maine is very similar to Portland, Oregon, with that ragged rocky coast. so there's there's definitely a lot to, to be seen on, on, on that on that side of the map, so to speak. So what I'm curious is so when so how did your interest in photography change to include wildlife? with your special interest of birds.
1: Well, I I migrated down to Virginia, and then um, pretty much settled um, into Virginia Beach, and I started taking a wildlife um, photography course at a local community college. I was doing some, at that time, doing graphic arts. I was just working on my first two years before I transferred over for my bachelor's. And I took this wildlife photography course. And it it was very intriguing. We ended up doing um, field outings to Chincoteague National Wildlife Refuge on on the eastern shore of Virginia. And I just kind of fell in love with wildlife. And from that moment, I think that was about 1992, um, I just, focused mainly on wildlife. And I did still do some landscapes, but my main focus was was wildlife um, after that time. And then um, a few years later, um, my spouse and I moved to um, North Carolina, just right near the Outer Banks of um, North Carolina. And I started getting into um, bird photography. on the outer banks, there are a lot of birds, a lot of, um, migrating birds, um, in the winter, snow geese, and, and so I started focusing on birds. And, um, and then I ended up, um, taking a, a uh, workshop from Art Morris, and I learned to develop my, my style. Of um, bird photography um, through him, so that's how I kind of got into bird photography. Just kind of having the birds kind of come to me, so to speak.
0: <laughs> You're the bird whisperer, are you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs>
0: Maybe so. <laughs> it's so cool. When you were when you were doing some of that um, wildlife photography, did you also? Um, take um, f- photography of the sea lions and other um, animals, that otters and beavers and those kinds of things that were also out in that area?
1: Um, you mean up in Maine? Uh-huh. Or, no. Well, yeah, up either in Maine place. I was well, just, yeah, M- M- Maine I was just mainly doing landscape. Um, in Virginia I kind of started um, the wildlife and that was pretty much what I saw at Chincoteague was the main place that I would photograph, and that would be, like, the sicca deer, the, the ponies there in Chincoteague, and, you know, and your your basic egrets and herons. And that kind of stuff is what I started off with. And, you know, um, I have photographed some otters and muskrats as there as well. Um, so those were the type of subjects I was focusing on, as a wildlife photographer right did you always find
0: that you were just sometimes just outdoors and maybe your intention wasn't the least bit to photograph that pelican or that frog or whatever but you happen to look up in the sky and it's blue and the moon is out and you're going wow the moon is out and it's daytime or You know, it's been raining, and there's that magnificent rainbow that I've got to grab. Do you find that sometimes your camera will just lead you in a direction that isn't necessarily where you started moving?
1: Yeah. I probably about every time I go out in the field to shoot, actually, because I love photography. So although I started in landscape and moved to wildlife and birds, I do a little bit of all sorts of different photography, mm-hmm. so when I see something that's compelling to my eye, a great composition or something just spectacular, um, you know, like recently, I was taking some pictures of the foxes, and I turned around it was at sunrise, and I turned around, and it was the most gorgeous light I've ever seen in a sunrise behind me, um and I just had to take my big lens my um, my Sigma 150 to 600, and I just turned around and just took a picture of uh, silhouettes of the trees with that beautiful, magnificent color behind it. So I'm always prepared for anything in the field. Um, uh-huh. I have an assortment of lenses, so you know I can change when I need to, or just adjust my my zoom or my my Sigma lens to to get as much as I could of the sky and uh, landscape behind me for that beautiful sunrise so
0: and it was beautiful it was it was I don't know what you'd call it fuchsia I don't know what color you would call that but um, I follow you on all of your social media and uh, you're it's it's stunning and I know that this is a huge part of your life this is actually for me it is strictly I don't know I guess I, I I guess I would call it somewhat of a hobby but for me it's just my way of stepping away from the inside to the outside I'm never without a camera I don't we 're going to talk about your cameras in just a moment i I am certainly not a professional i don 't have cameras that go with a lens from my elbow to my fingertips i'm definitely a point and shooter um, I definitely don't use um, photoshop and and those different um, camera settings i I, may, I keep it simple for what I do. But what I what I share with you, and what I what I have a passion for you, is just the outdoors. And I know you call it um, the field. You know, they're really you know. I don't know if that's the de- definition of field for you, but I can just say that I am never without my camera because you you just mm-hmm. don't know when something so interesting. Um, yesterday, I was outside. I have a lovely backyard, Laurie, and the, the mm-hmm. uh, um, morning cloaks are a butterfly that's hanging around right now besides the uh, monarchs. And it was just swirling and swirling and swirling, and I, I have a fountain in my backyard. And I thought, you know, this butterfly is coming, coming so close, I'm just going to stick my hand out. Now, I stuck out my right hand because that just felt what was natural. I'm right-handed. I have my uh-huh. cell phone in my left hand. And I went, holy cow, this monarch lands on my hand. And I'm going, oh, okay, great. okay, okay. Wait, 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 don't go anywhere. Okay, I've got to put the camera on. And now, don't move. And I'm using my left hand. Now, I'm trying to get my left hand to kind of show my right hand. I'm still talking to this monarch going, don't move, don't move. And I just clicked it, right? I I clicked it three times, and I thought, I mean, it gives me goosebumps just to share that with you, because I know you understand that. I mean, there's a lot of people, look at the cameras, I need to upgrade my phone, because truly, some of the photography that people are using on their phones right now are spectacular. But just just the idea that I was able to get this monarch that landed. It was like, thank you, Mother Nature. I thank Mother Nature every day for the things that I see, whether it's the stars or the moon or the flowers or the birds, the squirrels, the crows, you name it. The hummingbirds are everywhere right now in my yard. So I so can relate to, um, to what, what you do. And I was just wondering, How did you go about developing your particular style of bird photography? Because I think you do have a style.
1: Uh, Yes, and I attribute a lot of that to um, Art Morris, who is a renowned, um, famous bird photographer. Okay. Um, And uh, like I mentioned to you, I took a workshop um, from him, and Uh I read his books, I've read um, a lot of his guides online. Um, I was, you know, following him online and, and just studying his images and reading his blog. and And I took a lot that. And he's a great teacher too of photography. And I really learned a lot from him about composition, about that blurred background that I so like for my bird photography and and i just kind of developed my style from his teaching i guess you could say and um and i and I, I really do try to as much as i can for my birds um which i really love to photograph water birds particularly but i always try to just be down as low as i can to their eye level or ground level if i need to be um just to get those more intimate special looks um that the the birds give me wow thank you
0: that's really great this i'm i'm going to say i i am not familiar with art morris and i'm definitely going to google him when we get off this call but uh did you were you in person with him in a class with well, this was way before the pandemic? So where where did oh, you yes. attend his where where was he teaching his class?
1: Um, the one that I attended was actually in um, Southwest Florida. Um, he is lives in Florida, but he does his workshops all over the place. But I attended one. Um, in December, I think, of 2006, it was. Okay. Um All right. I was just really getting into bird photography the last mm-hmm. few years prior to that. Um, but I was in person with them. I think it was, you know, about, I don't want to say it was about, you know, a four- or five-day workshop. I can't exactly remember. Uh-huh. it a little been a, a few years ago. But, yes, um, indeed. <laughs> was, you know, it was some of the best days of my photography life um, experiencing going out in the field with him going out to particular locations in southwest um, Florida and um, I learned a lot
0: yes I I, I know I'm going to go back to this website again but I just truly love your website and I'm looking at it as we're speaking and I happen if you were to say to me if you could only photograph one bird what would it be it would be the pelican and I just love how you've got this sequence of the observing and photog- photographing the elusive brown pelican head throw behavior. You know, they're just, they're like flying dinosaurs. They're just, you know, that, that whole how much can a belly, you know, whatever that, that, that sentence about a belly can hold. But I, well, And that's not to say that I don't really love the other shorebirds, because I, I do love the shorebirds. But there's just something about a pelican that i i just truly love and you had mentioned uh, i'm like i said i'm i'm pretty um um, i'm a novice um, but you are not so for those that are listening that are really truly into photography i'm just curious about your actual camera what kind of a camera do you take these fabulous photos with
1: well this past year i um got a new camera and i went kind of trying to lighten my load a little bit, I went with a Canon 60 Mark II. Other than my first camera, um, when I purchased back in the early 1990s, the Pentax, I have pretty much have been a Canon user my whole 30-plus years of photography. I've had various Canon cameras throughout the years. But right now, um, my main main workhorse is a, a Canon sixty Mark two. And I also do have um a an inexpensive Canon M fifty is a mirrorless camera, just kind of playing a little bit with that mirrorless um camera system, you know, before, you know, ever thinking about investing a lot of money into um a regular mirrorless, you know, DSLR camera, but but that is my workhorse all these great images have been coming from the 6d mark ii canon you know
0: it's interesting i have i actually have uh, a cousin that i'm very close with and he is a professional surfing photographer and you know his lenses go out like yours but but Mm -hmm. many people don't necessarily know what the definition is of a mirrorless camera could you could you explain that a little farther
1: um well it it's basically you know the the digital single reflex camera is the d s l. r um and the mirrorless um i don't know a lot about it because 'cause I'm just of okay. getting into it myself, and that's why I just have purchased that canon um m um, fifty um, so I know it, it no longer has, you know, um, like the mirror that the DSLR has. It, um, I see. So when I you say DSLR. Yeah, Great. go ahead.
0: No, I was just going to say, I'm sorry to interrupt you. So when we say when you say DSLR, for those of us that are novice, are we really basically talking about a point and shoot?
1: No, we're not we're, no we're talking no, we're talking about um cameras that have interchangeable lenses.
0: got it. you know something? So,
1: and then,
0: I did not know that, so thank you for this knowledge. So an interchangeable camera that has interchangeable lenses is a DSLR
1: right, and then the mirrorless camera is also an interchangeable. It also has interchangeable lenses as well. But it's just Thank you. They're usually more compact and lighter and they're often faster, so a lot of photographers are really getting into the mirrorless cameras and and switching from the the, the usual DSLRs, you know, to more of a, a mirror, mirrorless interchangeable lens camera. Um so that's why I was just testing the waters with this little light m fifty to see if if that was something that I would want to go down that road but um it's it's a technology it just keeps expanding and this is one of the the newer um things in photography these days is this mirrorless um um the mirrorless camera so well, Thank you, thank you.
0: I, I learned something that I I really didn't know before, and I, I think that that's one of the joys of being a, a podcast host and learning from my guests. I have a uh, there's a picture of you, and I even use it in my blog, where you know you are looking through the lens, and you've, you're obviously on a tripod, and you've got this honking long lens that allows you to really uh, focus in on what you're doing and I I just think that's so cool but something pretty significant happened um, in 2010 Uh, um, why did you have to take a break from your photography in 2010 in
1: um, 2010 I well actually in 2009 I started having a lot of severe lower back pain and at the time I was co-leading some photography workshops on the Outer Banks um, with a local friend and federal nature photographer. And it was just the pain was getting too much to where I could even carry. And I was, at the time I was using a 500-millimeter lens, and um, I think I still had my Canon 1D um, camera that I was using, really heavy equipment, a heavy tripod, and it was becoming really difficult. And so I just decided to take a break and just mm-hmm. set things down and, and try to see if, if giving myself some rest, giving myself self a break from doing photography mm-hmm. would help my back. And it unfortunately didn't. And, um, oh. you know, but I think my last photo outing that I went on was um, like in January 2010, when um, I went to Merritt Island National Wildlife Refuge, and then while I was on my break, it just things just seem to, you know, life gets in your way, and, and next thing I know, it, it's um, 2016, and I've been away for like almost, about six years now, and I had another issue develop. My back was still an issue, and But I started having this problem with my eyelids. They were drooping, and then in 2016, they just started closing. And they would just, I'd be watching TV, and the next thing, you know, I would see nothing. Everything was black because my eyelids would just close. And then I would be able to open them, and then they would close again. So they would do this, and it, it started in the spring of 2016, and by the fall of 2016, um, it was just doing it off and on all day, every day, hmm. and it, it it just took some time to get used to, and and it also impacted my ability to drive, and oh, and so sure. it was just not good time to get back into the camp, you know, to pick up the camera and get back into my photography. Even though I wanted to, I missed it. Um, that was just a big part of me. I just just did not think that I would be able to do it with this issue of my eyelids closing. You know, how am I supposed to look through a viewfinder and focus on this small little sanderling on the beach, you know, Mm -hmm. and how am I going to, you know, carry my equipment? I just, you know, with my back issues. So I just thought that was the end of my photography. Wow. That
0: must have been a really sad realization at that point did that was there a sadness that came over you
1: i'm sure um you know i know this was a while ago yeah it was a few years ago but um Mm -hmm. you know i really missed taking pictures and because i've had done that pretty much all my life even as Mm -hmm. from a child and i i did on occasion, um, would pick up my camera and maybe my small little telephoto lens and and take some trip pictures my spouse and I took. Um, you know, if we went on a little trip, uh-huh. you know, a, a little weekend getaway, yeah, I would probably would snap some pictures of us. Um, that was it, taking uh-huh. pictures of us. You can see our house. There's so many pictures of us. That was what I was doing was just – Taking those type of pictures that was my way of taking pictures but that was about all that I could do for for a while Hmm. so
0: interesting I I, I'm also really attracted to flowers and it's springtime so I'm really attracted to the bees and the flowers and uh, I, I just I love all of that so I guess what I'm wondering is this was a pretty dramatic It's one thing for your back to be hurting, and it's like, okay, so maybe somebody goes with you and they schlep all of your heavy equipment. It's quite another thing with your eyelids, and uh, it does it affect both of your eyelids, Laurie, or is it one one or the other or both?
1: It is both it is both eyelids. My left eye though is a little worse than um my right it it Closes and droops a little bit more um, frequently than my right does, but mm. most of the time it's both of them closing at the same time.
0: Wow, wow, that's that sound. And then, how long do they do? Are do you just like flutter them or something, and then they they ultimately reopen? How do they come back open?
1: Well, sometimes I'll just have to. Waited out from them and sometimes they just don't want to open so I just Mm -hmm. you know just let them be closed and you know maybe a minute or so or two Mm -hmm. and sometimes even longer if if they won't open but um Mm -hmm. pretty much sometimes even within 30 seconds I can open them and sometimes they'll close right back again so you know it's just just this constant, yeah. open them and then close So it makes it really hard to try to read anything Um I bet You know, consistently Because, you know, yeah, they close and I open them and then they close You know, so it's just this repetitive thing that it does Sure You know, there are some days that my eyelids are much better And do not close as frequently But mm-hmm. every day I I deal with this My eyelids well. close off and on, all day, every day. Wow. Since
0: well, wow. You you you've adapted. Because um, yes. you don't have a choice. I I I'd like to think that perhaps yeah. you do a little yoga breathing along the way just to settle your body down. Do you? Do you do do you, do you practice any kind of deep breathing meditation kind of calmness?
1: Well, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a. A practice of yoga But yes I do kind of Center myself um, uh-huh. A lot of times My eyelids Are close. I'll just You know Try to Put myself On some Tropical island oh. And um, You know Just Think that I'm there Because you know I, I love hibiscuses And palm trees And so uh-huh. That would be The kind of place That I would Want to go to Would be nice. you know, Some tropical island So I, I do Kind of like I guess just center myself is a good way. Sure, I I would call it. I guess that
0: that that makes sense to me. What you just said. So, I'm just curious. um, How did you focus your area of photography? um, Picking up your camera again after so many years of not doing the camera. How did that? Did it? Did your? Did the focus of what you were taking uh, photographs of? Did it change?
1: Well, what happened was finally in um, 2019, I finally had a couple of ablations, um, okay. which was, um, you know, burning of the nerve nerves in my lower mm-hmm. back, which, which helped the um, arthritis in my lower back. So since really January of 2020, I've been pain-free in my back. Um, Wonderful. Yes, it is. And then in that spring, um, early spring, late winter, early spring um, in 2020, my spouse and I started really getting into um, visiting some of the um, wineries in Virginia's wine country because we live wow. right nearby um, some of these wineries, and we started vi- visiting the Williamsburg winery, and and, and we would walk around um, the property and, and look at the vineyards and. You know, and I got to thinking, you know, it would be like really fun to photograph these, you know, to, to see, you know, how the transition of the of the vines through each season and see the grapes. And, and so I started thinking as a photographer, what right. would I do? And so I started taking some pictures with my phone, um, which I don't have, uh, you know, I, I have an iPhone, but I don't have one of the the ones that does a lot of great um photography me either. But, you know on the list but I started mm-hmm. yeah you know, started just taking those pictures you know with my phone and and it just really inspired me to want to pick up a camera cuz I was pain free of my back issues but I still had my eyelid issues and and so that's kind of how I got back into it um mm-hmm. I did um, decide to, when I decided to get a new camera, Well, that's when I got my 6D because, you know, my cameras were outdated, for, you know, because I'd been out of the field for so long. Sure. Um, so I I got the, the Canon 6D Mark II and relaunched the website because when I took my break, from photography, I just kind of let go of the website and blog I had back then, and um shortly after um I stopped doing my photography and so i, I relaunched a, a website and a blog and um, you know eventually got on social media, which i yeah other Boy, than did Facebook, you ever was never on and mm-hmm. and And I ended up just it just taking off from there. I ended up creating a fine art America portfolio and creating a visual storefront to sell my you know sell my photography as as on demand print products. Um, So it just kind of just snowballed, and once I got into it, there was no stopping me. I was I was determined. You know I wasn't going to let my eyelids stop me to. to do this and and you know I was fortunate and able to get back into my photography sure. at, in the spring of 2020
0: Well and, and um I I just I just admire you so much and um Thank you. you are you are really resilient and you did not you could have easily just taken a dive under the bed but you didn't and you're dealing with situations. I mean, who uses their eye more than a photographer? You know, um, so you know that's yeah. pretty critical in what you're doing. Um, you know, is is this new camera that you've got this new cam, this new Canon? Is it not as heavy as the other ones?
1: Um, no, it's not, and it's good. It's actually just around twenty-seven ounces. It's it's pretty light, and and when I got back into my photography, I lightened my load. I, I, um, traded in some equipment and mm-hmm. got made some lighter choices of equipment to, to help. So, you know, because at some point in time, I'll have to have another ablation because you know the nerves will regrow. Right. Um, but, but right now I'm still doing good off of those ablations that I had. You know at the end of 2019 and the beginning of 2020 from my back. Lovely, so. lovely, lovely. Well, I, you know,
0: you're involved in other things as well. I mean, I, like I said, I, I'm referring constantly back to your website. But, I mean, just like this whole field notes blog for people that just – there's so much that can be learned from um, from what you do. And the different things that you do and for people that are interested i mean like i'm just looking at you know the osp awesome, you know i there's i i i wish that i i when we're off this when we're no longer doing this radio show together i'm going to send you some of my favorite photos I I feed the birds that come into my backyard, and that involves those loud crows, which we all know if you're a bird person, they are very, very smart. They are very smart. Yes, they are like the rooster of the neighborhood because sometimes I can have as many as 15 to 20 crows in my yard eating peanuts and taking them from the squirrels as um, another 10 or 12 on the lines waiting for the 20 on the ground to get the heck out.
1: Yep. But along
0: with, I I mean, really, you know, but along with that, you know, sometimes that Cooper's Hawk. Says, hmm, this looks like a spot for me, and so I've had, and I have a fountain in my backyard, Lori. So that is another place mm-hmm. that the hummingbirds love. You know, the doves will get in the, the the fountain, the finchels will get in the fountain, but I've actually been able to capture the Cooper's hawk actually bathing. In my fountain as well, and it's it's just that is it's just cool. so cool. And that and I mean, you talk about a set of claws. We're we're not they're not fooling around. Uh, those those Cooper's hawks. Um, have you ever seen one?
1: Yes, I have. Okay. Um, I'm, unfortunately, I've not been fortunate to get the best look of it photographically. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. To get you know a great image of it, but yes, I have seen them. They're they uh, I love hogs. Uh, well, the uh, red tail those, is also. But I just love, I love hawks too. So I have a lot of red tail. Um, yeah, you see a lot of red tail around here in the Virginia, North Carolina area. Right,
0: right. Well, you know they're they are beautiful to watch.
1: Have you ever had the good
0: fortune of leaving the country and doing photography somewhere else out of this country? I have not. Um well we're going to have to make a date to, to do that. Yep. I would because like to. Yeah. yes, I uh but but you know there's some phenomenal photography down in Florida too when they're when those birds are migrating. Yes. I, it's not like you have to leave the country to see fabulous fabulous birds and I like ducks too. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of really, you know, Egyptian ducks and all kinds of interesting ducks that are, that are around here as well. I, I, I had indicated on the blog when I was promoting our show that you have this beautiful site where you really sell a lot of your products, and I'll make sure that people can, can, find, can find that as well. Um, Thank you. I, I thought we could, really, because it is beautiful. Uh, so how often do you blog, would you say?
1: Um, I make it a habit, and it's part of my routine to at least post um a blog post every week. um I also frequently write articles which I have on my website an an article page where um not as frequently as every week, but I
0: pretty uh-huh. frequently
1: um been posting articles that I write as well a lot what had happened was when I started my website last year, I had a different domain name. So in March of this year, I just changed my domain name, and um, and so I started a new blog. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't have as, as many blog posts that I did from the past year on this fill notes blog
0: that uh-huh. I have going
1: now. Um, but I did move um, some of my articles that. I'd written in the last year, which is a lot of photography type how-tos. Um, nice. How to do ground-level bird photography tips, techniques. So I have um, posted those on my this new website under my articles tab. So I also do that as well as I try to blog, at least make a good blog post um, sharing some of my photography um, at least, you know, once a week. And then I also – uh, we'll share things that maybe is going on locally here in um, Virginia as well, some mm-hmm, events mm-hmm. that would be pertinent um, to photographers as well.
0: Well, I want to remind people that when you go to look for Lori, that you do need to put that um, initial A um, along with her name, because you will find Lori... Um, on Facebook, you'll find her on Twitter. You'll find her on Instagram. You'll find her on LinkedIn. So Lori is on all the social media platforms that I am also on, and that's how that's how people. I think you're also on Pinterest. So that's how people, yeah. you know, can can find you. And I, I love I love your I love. Well, I told you I was a pelican person, but I love how you start off by saying that you are a conservation photo- photography, and that you're a visual storyteller. And I like, I I like the sound of that, a visual storyteller. And why did you choose? Why did you choose this? How did? It, it, or did this choose you? You know, which came first? Did you choose this, or did this choose you?
1: Um, conservation photography, I, I think it chose me. And, I, and if I look back at um, my photography from years past when I started getting into wildlife, you know, uh-huh. I always had this motto of wanting to share my vision of the natural world, the beauty of it, with others so they would appreciate the natural world. And that is part of being a conservation photographer. So I think in my heart maybe I've always been one. And but uh-huh. back then, I don't think conserva- conservation photography was as um, for photographers as it has become now um, while I've been away. Um, and I think getting back into photography, I wanted, and with some of my health issues, just wanted to make my photography matter. And so I started looking at that, and um, conservation photography. And I was lucky I'm also a member of the North American Nature Photography Association and um as being a NAMPA member, um you have access to these um videos um on different topics and I ended up taking one from a conservation photographer named Jamie Heimbach. and um And it was just, you know, it was a a basic one about, you know, growing an email list, you know, a basic photography type class. Um, But I started, you know, I signed up for her newsletters and and started following her. And eventually I signed up for her conservation um, photography 101 course um, through her Conservation Visual Storytellers Academy. And I... I've learned a lot from her. You can work at your own pace, so and she helps you go through of writing a conservation story. You know, through pitching and and um, from you know creating your story ideas to you know doing your photography to pitching um, that whole process. So that has been um, very good, and I've learned a lot from her and the other um, CP 101 students um, so far. I've been doing this for a couple of months. And recently, I also joined um, Jamie's Wild Idea Lab that she also um, oversees. And and it's an online community for conservation photographers and filmmakers um, basically of all levels where, you know, just creative folks will get together that have diverse backgrounds and, and we can share our experiences and Learn skill sets. She um, have some master classes, some some great conservation photography topics, and and just various tools and trainings um, that uh-huh. help other you know that help conservation photographers or conservation filmmakers um, in their field, and and doing this has really um, inspired me and motivated me, and and I I I, I feel that. This has been my calling all along and uh-huh. glad to be on this journey into conservation photography. And because of that I had relaunched and chose a different domain name for my website. Um so that's why I changed my website a little bit to have my conservation photography. Um and and I, I just think it's just my true calling and mission in photography mm-hmm. is to be a conservation photographer and storyteller. Right. Um, it's really
0: interesting you talked about Jamie. So these classes that you're taking with her are online, so that means that you can yes. live anywhere in the country to take these classes?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to make sure that coast. I... I'm on the East Coast, so um, sure. it, it's it's a great thing
0: great great I'll make sure that I get her website information from you off the air and then I will um, include that information um, in my post so that people can find Jamie and uh, learn more about her because there could be people out there listening that says this is right up my alley and it, precisely where I'd like to see myself go um, Wow, I, I'm just thinking about your future and what photography means to you. And you've been through this medical, you know, journey. And I'm, I'm glad the ablation has been working for you. But um, do, do you do you actually have a diagnosis of? Because I've never heard of somebody having the condition that you're having with your eyelids. Is 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 there is that a diagnosed condition?
1: It is not at this time. After five years, I've been to many doctors. I've developed I bet. other symptoms over the years, including some generalized weakness issues. And um, on those diagnoses, you know, my labs would always be fine. The tests so far that I've had have been fine. So, uh, you know, they looked at me um very seriously for myasthenia gravis Um, last year. They suspected that, but my test results and and the EMG that I had was normal. So they've ruled that out. So I'm still just um, going down that path and trying to figure it out, figure out what exactly is going on with me and just adjusting every day, you know, and just Uh dealing with every day you know, with the symptoms that I have. It's interesting so, you know, with you know, all I these. I don't have a diagnosis. It's still real, to, you know, I, I'm still oh, experiencing absolutely. it. Oh, absolutely. You know, so, you know, you know, luckily it's not something, fortunately, I think is going to, you know, I'm going to die from. But it right. is something that greatly affects my my life and, and my photography. And, and, you know, I've had to make a lot of adaptations this last year to to continue my photography.
0: I was just that was just what I was going to ask you. With all these physical, you still have been able to focus on your photography and create award-winning images. Gosh, how are you able to do this? And and I I suspect the answer is going to have everything to do with what photography means to you, isn't it?
1: Yes. Um. I love photography. I love everything about taking a picture, whether it's a landscape, wildlife, a bird, a sunrise, a sunset, flowers, even macro. Right. Um, I, I pretty much do it all, and I also do some vineyard and and wine art images. Um, uh-huh. it, it's just it's just been a a, a big part of my life um, being able to do this photography that I love Mm -hmm. and and be able to continue to do it even through the adaptations that I've had to make. Unfortunately, I have a very wonderful spouse and she is there beside me, carrying my photo equipment, driving me out (laughs) to, um, different places, um, on the weekends, uh, she works full mm-hmm. time. Um, I usually do carry my own camera and lens because I want to be ready for any shot. But sure, you know, sure. love my tripod and and my stool that I use when I I get lower to the ground and uh uh-huh. you know, camera bags and so um, you know, I've had to make some adaptations with that. And I use a, a tripod a lot too because you know, with my eyelids closing. A lot of times I'll have to um put my forehead on on the back of my camera and especially when my eye eyelid closes um mm-hmm. and just kinda of wait it out a few seconds hopefully and I don't miss too much action yeah. happening right in front yeah. of me but sometimes I do and sure. um and sometimes I don't. Just like right. those beautiful throat silhouette silhouette <clears> throat> images I was able to capture. Um you know, um, you know it just you never know. So I'm, I'm always ready for anything. But you know, it, it's it's been you know a transition this past year. Sure. You know, going from where I used to drive myself out to different places to go shooting and lugging all my stuff. So you know, it's it, it's been a little diff- difficult. Sure. Doing processing images is quite. Um, Quite challenging with the eyelids. I'll I'll tell you that. (laughs) That I bet. That is I bet that's true. And it takes me quite a while to get through my hundreds of images. So
0: you know, you you mentioned a form of photography that I find so fascinating, and that's the macro. And there are probably people that are listening that that don't know what that means. Can you just quickly describe what a macro photography is?
1: Yes and that's taking a close up um, images of like flowers um bees bugs even uh butterflies mm-hmm. um that that type of um subjects uh-huh and using a uh usually some macro photographers use a telephoto lens, but most will use a lens that specifically. A macro photography lens that they can attach to the camera um, mm-hmm. to create these images
0: yeah they're they're like you said when 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 I think of that because i hadn 't thought about that in a while because i I follow a lot of photographers also, a lot of photographers in New England photographers you probably do the same thing. I follow photographers yeah. in the u k and yes. um and, and photographers you know in my own backyard so there's the, yes. i follow them everywhere but it's it's that that image like you said that close-up image of a petal with a b on the stamen, or something like that you know you, and it's just it takes up the entire picture and, and they're and they're just they're, they're fabulous but um so as as what do you think about where where's your future taking you where 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 do you hope to be Um, doing as this year opens up a little bit and maybe we can get out a little bit more. What what do you see for your future plans with your photography?
1: Well, my photography plans for the future involve my main concentration of being a conservation photographer and storyteller. Um, I still will play with some of these other genres of photography um, but My main focus will will be conservation photography and storytelling. Um, I want to continue to inspire others into conservation photography and to inspire others to advocate and appreciate our wildlife, our habitats, and our environment. I would love to see some of my conservation photography articles published. And that is really the goal that I'm working on every day. Um, And I, you know, just inspire in general for great things for my conservation photography and for my photography um, in general. And I think, you know, with all my determination and my willingness to learn, I think one day I will reach that goal of of seeing my conservation photography articles published and whether it's local, regional, or even national publications.
0: You know, I was just thinking about what you were just saying just then and I um, you know obviously we don't live anywhere near one another but I could just I could just visualize this you were talking about being a visual storyteller as our country starts to open up again I could see teachers classroom teachers inviting you to a science class I could see classroom teachers inviting you to a photography class, my brother took photography in high school, I remember that, I could see you at a library talking to young people about the, I could just see, to me, Lori, to me, you are so yep. inspiring, and, you know, National Thank Geographic you. just hasn't met you yet, That it just has not met you yet, but yes. that doesn't mean that it's okay. not out there for you, and, doing a a, a talk show where you're on my show, Um, I would, you know, encourage you to take advantage of any time you have an opportunity to share your story. And your story obviously has to include your medical side of your story because, frankly, that is very inspiring. Not only is your photography beautiful, but you're working around some challenges while you do this. And you know, I I just I think that you know you you I you are connected, and more and more people will start following you, and more and more people will start being. I, I took a I took a picture of a green heron. I don't have you ever seen a green heron? Yes, I
1: photographed okay. them Yes,
0: and so you know how they have that big green thing that sticks up in the back when they start to fly. So. Um, I took a picture of a green heron, and this man that lives in the UK thought that this heron was so spectacular that he actually painted a picture of this green heron, and it was an original, and I bought that from him um, because of how magnificent he took my, photog- right. my photograph and made it into a piece of art. and. I just think that this is, Terrific. you know, people are interested in all kinds of things. You and I happen to be interested in this. Somebody else yes. might be interested, you know, in, in, in growing herbs and spices, and, and now they're in a community of that. So there's all kinds of food blogs and mommy blogs and sports blogs and, you know, all kinds of different things that people are interested in but because we both share this interest um i'm going to be certain that some of these people that i follow that you may not be aware of i'm going to want to connect you to them um so that you it. know wouldn't that be great wouldn't it be great for that you to have great. your your photography like um in a in a museum um you know there's just I, your work is beautiful, yep. and I just feel so, so privileged to to know you, to to, to follow your story. Um, this is certainly not going to be the end of our connection, because frankly, you just—I mean, just the fact that you said getting low on the ground, duh—I never even thought mm-hmm. of that, frankly. Um, I, you know, I. I just never thought of that, and the hummingbirds right now are just going crazy in my yard and just trying to get out there, and it's like, wait, could you just hold that spot for a minute while I get my camera set? You know, it's like, I'm sorry, ma'am, but we're we're not waiting for you. You're just going to have to get lucky, you know. Hummingbirds would do that. (laughs) Yes, it's the truth. But I just I just want to thank you so much, Lori, for for joining me, for sharing your story, for inspiring others. You know, perhaps somebody is listening now that says, you know, honestly, I'm not that all that interested in photography. I think this is great what this lady's doing, but I'm equally inspired how resilient she is and how she's not giving up and how she's doing the things that she loves, even though it presents challenges to her. That itself is a story. And I'd, I think that, you know, we've all been living under very difficult conditions over this well-over year, and everybody's yeah. story is different about how they have managed this pandemic, whether they're isolated, whether they're out and about, where they, what their fear level is. All of us have our own way of relating. But one thing that we have in common is we are humans, and we want to share our humanity with others. People ask me, well, why do you even do these shows? I mean, what's the point? And it's like, because people have stories. You're not going to hear me talk about things that divide us. You're going to hear me talking about things that... That inspire us that that bring passion and and you certainly do that, and i just I want to thank you so so very much for taking the time to to spend this afternoon with me it's it's truly it's been absolutely delightful
1: well, thank you very much, Marcia. I really appreciate all your time and your willingness to want to share my story and share my website and my information. And I and, uh, hope, you know, people will look me up and follow me, and I'll follow them back. There you go.
0: We'll follow each other. So until next Absolutely. week, everybody, I'm actually having a young woman that's written a book. Um, about uh, Barnaby Bear and his travels. It's a, she's a child's author, um, book author. So she's going to be joining me next week. There are five Mondays in May. It's a busy month. It's a busy month for me. So until next time, everybody. Thank you, Lori. Thank all of you that constantly listen. I'm very grateful for your time. Bye for now.